The Gospel for Good Friday comes from St. John, beginning with the 18th chapter. After Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to a place where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas brought a detachment of soldiers together with the police from the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was to happen to him, came forward and asked them, Whom are you looking for? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus replied, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing there with him. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they stepped back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Whom are you looking for? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you are looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that had been spoken. I did not lose a single one of those whom you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave, and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back into its sheath. Am I not to drink the cup that the Father has given me? So the soldiers and their officer and the Jewish police arrested Jesus and bound him. First they took him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who advised the Jews that it was better to have one person die for the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest, but Peter was standing outside at the gate. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out, spoke to the woman who guarded the gate, and brought Peter in. The woman said to Peter, You are not also of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the high priest had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing around it and warming themselves. Peter was also standing with them warming himself. Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching, Jesus answered, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in the synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard what I said to them. You, They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the police standing nearby Jesus struck him on the face, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered, If I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Anna sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They asked him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Again Peter denied it, and at that moment the cock crowed. Then as they took Jesus from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters, it was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the headquarters so as to avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, If this man were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews replied, We are not permitted to put anyone to death. 
This was to fulfill what Jesus had said when he indicated the kind of death he was to die. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no case against him. But you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? They shouted in reply, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was abandoned. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and striking him on the face. Pilate went out again and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to show you that I find no case against him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Then Pilate said to them, Here is the man. When the chief priests and the police saw him, they shouted, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourself and crucify him. I find no case against him. The Jews answered, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he has claimed to be the Son of God. Now when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters again and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, Do you refuse to speak to me? Do you not know that I have the power to release you and the power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor. Everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat on the judge's bench at a place called the Stone Pavement, or in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon. He said to the Jews, Here is your king. They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate asked them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but the emperor. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side with Jesus between them. Pilate had written an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription because of the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. 
Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each soldier. They also took his tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see who will get it. This was to fulfill what the scripture says. They divided my clothes among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. And that is what the soldiers did. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. And he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own home. After this, when Jesus knew that all was finished, he said, In order to fill the scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, the Jews did not want the bodies left on the cross during the Sabbath, especially because the Sabbath, that Sabbath was a great day of solemnity. So they asked Pilate to have the legs of the crucified men broken and the bodies removed. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him, but when they came to Jesus, they saw he was already dead, and they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once blood and water came out. He who saw this has testified so that you may believe. His testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth. These things occurred so that scripture might be fulfilled. None of his bones shall be broken. And another passage of of scripture says, They will look on the one whom they have pierced. After all these things... Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who had first come to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about a hundred pounds. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices in linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. Now there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Each year, we as Christians remember the death of Jesus. Remember the death of a friend. Remember the death of a teacher. Remember the death of a loved one. Remember the death of what is good 
and what is honorable and what is right and what is true in the world. Increasingly, I have heard this story as about both what Jesus does in the face of sin and exactly who we are. Exactly who we are as human beings and as humanity. There are so many points where we show our true colors in this story. Now before we go much further, the Gospel of John often talks about the Jews as being the ones who take Jesus and bring him from place to place looking to end his life. When we hear that today, it is tempting to look at people of a different faith than ours. But this would be wrong. When we hear this today, we need to hear that these are people of Jesus' own faith. Of Jesus' own faith. Jesus was betrayed by his own And we are Christ's. We belong to Christ in whom we have been baptized. When we hear this story, we need to hear that Christ is being betrayed by his own. And throughout time, that is all of us. And so when this crew, this crowd takes Jesus from place to place, it is our hands doing the taking. And when this crowd cries out, it is our voice doing the shouting. Now you may be like me, not wanting to see Jesus die, not wanting to see anyone die, not wanting this violence in the world. But there are several moments in this story where I can find myself. Perhaps you can too. There are moments in the story where we pass by people at the gate, a woman and the people warming themselves by the fire. They look at the crowd and they realize the murderous intent they have, but they do nothing about it. They feel powerless against the ways of the world that simply kill. I can find myself there. And then there are more. There are the people who watched Jesus die on the cross, unable to let stop it or change it. They don't say anything. They don't do anything. And Jesus is nonetheless dead. I can find myself there. There are the ones who love Jesus and run away. I can find myself there. There are the ones who are so worked up about the things that Jesus has been saying. And from time to time, I can find myself there too. But lest I take it too easy on myself, I can find myself in the crowd. I can find myself calling out for a king that's different than Jesus from time to time. The king of myself. Because I want to control I want the control of my own time and my own talents and my own possessions. 
And so when Pilate turns out to the crowd and says, this is your king, I find a familiar voice saying, I have no king but myself. This is a story about us. You may not find yourself easily in the crowd, but I promise you, you are there. You may not want to find yourself anywhere in this story, but kneeling at the cross of Jesus, but I promise you, you are other places too. It is the simple truth of humanity that when we are given a commandment to love one another, we simply love ourselves more. That when the God of heaven and earth comes down to share with us, we simply want ourselves more. It is the truth of our existence. I like to think of Good Friday and Easter Sunday as the beginning rite of each one of our services, confession and forgiveness. On Good Friday, we confess who we are. We are the ones who see the glory and majesty of God, born and incarnate right in front of us, and reject it with everything we have. We reject it with everything we are, I want you to think. I want you to think about the commands that Christ has given us. The commands that Christ has given you. The command to love your neighbor as you love yourself. The command to love one another as Christ has loved us. The command to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I want you to look over your lives not in the way that we do almost half-heartedly from time to time, but truly look at it. Each moment, each moment that we stutter and that we fail, each moment that we simply choose not to even try, each moment that we pass off the teachings of Christ as too idyllic, as too simple, as too high in the sky. Each moment is our way of shouting crucify him once more. This is our confession, that we as people of God continue to reject Christ, even as Christ continues to come to us. Between the confession and the forgiveness, there is a small pause. I invite you to take Saturday as that pause. You know the end of the story. You know what's coming Sunday. But that doesn't make this confession any less. You know what's coming. You know what's going to happen. But that doesn't make this confession less meaningful less important, less necessary.
We need to know who we are. We need to be truthful about who we are. When Pilate asks, what is truth? We hear it. We have just heard what our truth is. We reject Christ. Why does Christ keep going? Why does Christ stay? Why does Christ die for the ones that reject him? I believe the answer is love. But whatever the answer is, I simply know that Christ does. Christ does stay. Christ does continue. Christ does go through heaven and hell for the ones that reject him. For you and for me and for all our neighbors. Christ still loves. God be with you in the pause between confession and forgiveness. And may we, and may we always trust that in the truth of ourselves, God will show grace and mercy. God be with you. Amen.